just before I get going into the message this morning, I said I'd go back to a verse in uh, that psalm we were reading. And it's a strange old verse. Verse 6 of Psalm 24. It says, This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. What does that actually mean? I'm just going to do a couple of things. I'm going to read this and talk about this for a short time. Then we're just going to look at a prayer in Ephesians that um, I pray over this church. I came in here last night to pray and and prayed it over the church Um, because what we want to do is get an understanding of God this year, um, of who he is, his goodness towards us. We want to know about his kingdom, which is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's a good kingdom to belong to, right? Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I love that kingdom. Um, And if we start to think about the Lord's Prayer, you know, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done as it is on on earth as it is in heaven, we start to think, what is this kingdom that we belong to as Christians? Isn't that kingdom really the kingdom of heaven? That we start to bring heaven to earth, we start to understand that as Christians, as those that are born again, that those who are the ones who are the saints of God, who have received the inheritance are not living in this earthly kingdom anymore, but we're in a new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. We're passing through this place. We're ambassadors here. We don't actually belong to this world. We're here. But there are so many promises that belong to us because we're part of that kingdom, that we're immune really to some of the things of this world. Um, But it's about learning what that kingdom is and then starting to grow in faith because the kingdom of God is also faith, right? Right? We have to believe and understand and know the promises of God that he's given to us that they are ours. Because it's by faith, through patience, we obtain the promises of God for us. Okay, And what we want to be is that type of Christian, tenacious, of a, a backbone of steel, a Christian that won't give in to the enemy, that won't give in to the world. Why? Because we start to understand the kingdom we live in is not of this world. Just as Jesus said, I'm not of this world. I'm just not of it. I belong to a different place. And as we start to walk through our lives, what we want to do is start to walk in that kingdom. The kingdom of what? Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of healing. A kingdom of salvation. A kingdom of freedom. A kingdom where we know that God is on our side, that he actually loves us, that he's for us, and he wants to see us succeed. Um, As the Bible says, that Jesus became a curse for us. Why? So that the blessings of Abraham should come upon us. What are the blessings of Abraham? Well, really, we look at that in the opposite. To that is the curse, which is poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. That's the curse of the law. But God said, hey, listen, Jesus died for you and he took a curse upon him on the cross. And we're going to look at it more and more as we go through this year, what that actually means for us. But he took a curse for us on the cross. In fact, he became a curse. Why? So the blessings of Abraham should come upon us. Now, I'd like to put it to you that the blessings of Abraham are immense, and if we, if you look in Deuteronomy, I think it's 28, I can't remember quite right now, I should have remembered that this morning, but it talks about you're going to be blessed, and do you want to know when you're going to be blessed? If you're belonging to the kingdom of God and the blessings of Abraham are coming upon you? 
You're going to be blessed when you're coming in. You're going to be blessed when you're going out. You're going to be blessed in the field. You're going to be blessed in the house. Your kids are going to be blessed. Your land's going to be blessed. The produce of that land is going to be blessed. When it gets to your dinner table, it's going to be blessed. You can't escape the blessing of God. Everywhere you go, you're going to be blessed. Your livestock's going to be blessed. In fact, it says, in everything you do and wherever you go, you will be blessed. Who wants to be in that sort of kingdom? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Well, guess what? You actually are. And so what we want to do this year is start to talk about that kingdom and how that can transform your life because you've got to understand, don't you, that we're not meant to be struggling and in depression and fear and sickness and overwhelming darkness as Christians. That's not really the plan for our life. The plan for our life is not to go to school, get a good education, get a job, get lots of money and die. Boring, hopeless, useless, not a very good plan for my life. Suffer through some things and, you know, just sort of get by. Do you really think that the creator of the universe wants us to live a life like that? A life where it's just ordinary? A life that's just like everybody else that's on the planet but doesn't love God. If Jesus became a curse for us on the cross so that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us, that is pretty important. That is really important. And what God's wanting us to do is start to stretch our understanding and our believing and say, hey, listen, this isn't the best. And what we want to do is start to walk through and say, how do I actually attain what God wants? Can I tell you right now, a lot of our prayers are pretty useless. Oh, you mean when I pray God doesn't hear me? Yeah, he hears you. But see, real effective change doesn't come from praying. It's part of it. Don't get me wrong. I did not come here this morning and say don't pray. I believe in prayer. We should pray. In fact, it's important that we pray. It's vital that we pray. It's very, very important that we're praying for this community now. If we want this church to break into the darkness, we've got to pierce it with something, and that's the power of God going before us. So I'm not saying don't pray, but listen to this. I'm in trouble. God help me. He helps me. He changes things. But guess what? I don't change who I am. I don't change the patterns of my life. I don't change the things I think. I don't change the things I meditate on. And pretty soon it's just gone back to the way it was. Why? Because God is about changing our heart. He's given us his word that has inside of it promises, but not only promises, but also a way of living that will let you attain the promises. Well, I thought it was just by faith. Yes, it is by faith. But faith requires what? James talks about action. It takes us to start to change what's coming into our heart, to change the seeds that we're sowing into our life in order for change. See, I can pray for a good marriage and I'll never get one because I refuse to listen to the word of God which tells me as a man, Neil, you are to love your wife. You are to lay down your life for her just as Christ laid down his life for the church. 
Yeah, but I want a good marriage. Neil, if you want a good marriage, you are to lay down your life as Jesus Christ laid down his life for the church. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. I just want a good marriage. God, I want you to be Mr. Magic. Just change things. I just want it to be changed. Lord, I want a good relationship um, with my brother that's hurt me a long time ago. Okay, can you, can you restore that relationship? No, I can't. What do you mean? Have you forgiven? No, I haven't. But I want a good relationship. Have you forgiven? I'm asking you to forgive. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that, but I want a good relationship. Can you see what I'm saying? We can pray until the cows come home. We can pray until our knees are bloody red. But nothing will change unless we start to change who we are and start to be obedient to the word of God. Lord, I want a good partner. Who are you looking for? Oh, someone handsome that's funny and, and you know, it's like that. But God's saying, hey, listen, what I want you to do is go and look for someone. I want you to look for someone who's got a godly heart that loves me. No, I just want someone who's funny. I just want someone who's maybe rich or good looking that makes me feel good. Yeah, but you know what? I'm wanting you to love someone who loves me. Can you see how we can go into this world, not listen to God, not listen to his word, things go terribly wrong and we start to blame God? But God, I've been praying. Have you been doing? But God, I've been just praying so hard. You know, I just think about it all the time. It's all I ever think about. But what does God say? Seek me first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness. Then you'll get these other things added. And so many times we like to get the other things and say, God, bless these things. God, whatever I've got, I want you to bless it. And God's saying, hey, wait a minute. Didn't I ask you to seek me first? Because you can grab hold of a lot of things that aren't of God but are the same. They mimic what God really wants. Riches. I believe with my whole heart that God wants us to prosper. He wants us to have abundance because he wants us to be rivers so that we can bless others. If I'm not getting money in, how can I give it out? If I'm not trusting God and, and, and being faithful in stewarding what he gives me, oh God, I just want you to bless me with money. Are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you loving other people with your money? No, I'm not, but just bless me. Because then when you do, that's what I'll do afterwards. Can you see how we put things the wrong way around? God's saying, hey, put me first. Put me first in your life. Then all these other things will be added. Don't try and get the added without the seeking. Don't try and get the God part if you're not going to put him first because it's just not going to happen. You see, I don't have to be a Christian and blessed by God to be rich. There's a lot of millionaires, billionaires. A lot of them come to waste and ruin because money takes over their life and they love it more than God. That's their whole desire to pursue the money. Do you know what? I've got a dream to be a Christian millionaire. What do I mean by that? I want it to be that I give a million bucks away. That's a Christian millionaire. Someone who, who just wants to give what he gets and, you know, God, I just want to be faithful with my money and, and I want to bless with it. 
That's why God prospers, so that we can bless those around us. And so we see this verse in Psalm 24. And it says, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. What the heck does that mean? Does that make sense to anybody here? Probably does, someone who's thought about it. Hello, I've lost my place. You see, Jacob was an amazing man. Jacob actually means usurper. It means one who takes the place of someone else. He stole a birthright. He got what wasn't due to him. He was holding on to the heel of his brother to get out first. Usurper. But this was a person of amazing tenacity in the things of God. Excuse me for a minute. And what I'd like to just put to you this morning is this, that we need to be just like Jacob. When it's saying this psalm, this is Jacob, what's Jacob? What do you mean? Jacob is one of the few people in the Bible that it says, I saw God face to face and I didn't die. And that's in Genesis 32, so we're just going to look at that. What was happening was he was scared of Esau, his brother, and, and he was running basically towards him. And everyone else had left him. He'd come to this place where the angels told him to camp. Some pretty amazing things happened back there. So Genesis 32. Verse 24. This is just after he'd sent everyone away. It says this, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And Israel means God prevails. That's what that means. So he came from this place of being a usurper, one who took what wasn't his, really, but he made it his because he was just so tenacious in who he was, to a name that means God prevails. And that was the name that was given to Israel, the nation. Strange story. I mean, how does the story start? Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the break of day. Who is this man? Where did he come from? Wasn't Jacob alone and then all of a sudden there's a man that he wrestles with? Isn't that strange? I think it's strange. Like if I was just camping somewhere, next minute I'm wrestling till the break of dawn. What for? We don't know what the preceding part of this story is in regard to that. But you see, when it finished, Jacob said this. Sorry, I'll keep going on verse 29 of 32. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. 
So Jacob called the, pl- the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. You see, so many of us are afraid to actually see God face to face. We don't take it in our heart that we are going to wrestle with God until we get the blessing that he's promised us. Now, when we look at this, there was a a time before where Jacob went to sleep and he saw a ladder going from heaven to earth. I don't know if you guys know that, but earlier on. And at the top of that ladder stood the Lord. And he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you all this stuff and I'm going to bless your children and everything else. The blessing was there. And then we see this strange thing happening later on. Where he's actually wrestling with what it appears to be is God. Wrestling with God. And what was the whole point of that? Was he trying to make sure that he didn't escape? Like God came, I don't want you to escape. Maybe it was that. Was it that he didn't know who he was? I don't know. But it seems to me that Jacob had this idea that he needed to be blessed by this man. (coughs) And as a church, this generation, are we going to wrestle with God that way? Are we going to say, like Jacob, you are not leaving until I get blessed. God, you are not leaving until I get blessed. I'm not going to let go of you, God, until the blessing that you promised has come upon me. It seems to me that that's what we are meant to be like, that we are actually meant to be this generation of Jacob. And as, as that psalm went on, then it talked about, hey, welcome in this king. But it also seems to me that the only generation that will be able to welcome in the king this way is that generation that wrestles with God. The generation that says, God, I will not let you go until the blessing has come upon me. I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to wrestle with you. I'm going to pray. And I'm actually going to do your word until the blessings that you have for me come upon me. (coughs) And the importance of this is that God is asking us as a church to break through into darkness. He's asking us as a church to go out as light, not the light shining on us. I just want you to understand this for a minute. You see, we are the light of the world. The light is in us. The light does not reflect off us. The light is within us. And God is asking us to go as light into the world. Light into the darkness. And there's a city out there that is waiting for us as a church to wrestle with God so that the promises of God come upon us so that we understand who we are as children of God. 
And when we step out of this church, when we step out of our house, we enter into that darkness as light because we know our God. We know our God. And those who know our God will be strong and they will do exploits. You see, it's really important that we grab hold of this God of ours. And we, we have this tenacity, just as Jacob had, that says, you're not going till I get blessed. You are not leaving till I get blessed. <coughs> what is it that you need? What blessing do you need? Are you going to keep pursuing it? When's the time to give up? I would say never. Till the day you die, you've got to believe. You've got to, you've got to chase. You've got to follow after God to find out what he wants you to do and for you to be who you really are. And you know what we see in this story here is that God gave Jacob exactly what he wanted. He blessed him. He blessed him. And God's desire is actually to bless us. As I said at the start, Jesus Christ became a curse for you because it's written that curse is every man who hangs on the tree. Jesus Christ became a curse for you. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham should come upon you. I just want you to think about that this year. Because one of the blessings that was given to Abraham is this, that in you all nations will be blessed. In you all nations will be blessed. Now we're blessed because of that promise, aren't we? I don't think I'm a Jew. As far as I know, there's not one drop of Jewish blood in me except for maybe back to Noah. (laughs) But because of Abraham's faith, I got blessed. Why? Because Jesus Christ came through that and I got blessed. I got to be adopted into that family of God as you did. And if we can grab hold of those blessings of Abraham, not only will we be blessed when we come in and go out and in our kitchens, in our workplace and all those sorts of things, but through that blessing, what happens? All the nations are blessed. And you see Darwin, Palmerston, Howard Springs, as we start to walk in those blessings, through us, all those nations will be blessed. They'll be blessed. Why? Because the blessing of God flows through us into these nations around us, these cities around us. God's blessing through us. Okay. I just want to read to you the Ephesians prayer. Because this is what I'm going to be praying over you guys all year. There's two of them. I'll just read out the second one.
So it's a bit shiny. I can't really see this. <laughs> okay, Ephesians chapter 3. Because what we want to see this year is that we don't just know God intellectually, but we start to know him here in our heart fully. And we start to know him in our spirit that God becomes revealed to us because we can't understand him any other way unless the spirit of God reveals him to us. Ephesians 3:14 and onwards. Now I say it a little bit differently to this. But this is what I want to see for us as a church this year. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. You see, you want it to be from God. <coughs> we have such a limited idea of God's richness. But it has to be from the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Just a few, few thoughts on that. We are to be rooted and grounded in love. That's got to be our heart. And then it says that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. You see, we can't understand God without each other. And we certainly can't understand God without love for one another. Because it's from that root of love that the understanding comes and it's of fellowship with other saints that understanding comes. When we together are together, then we're starting to understand what the width, width, length, depth and height and love of God is. But then it says it passes all knowledge. That it's about to say we're going to understand it, but you can't understand it. Because we're going to be filled with the fullness of God. Now that is an amazing statement. The fullness of God living inside of us. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, According to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church, by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And this year, the challenge for us is, is this. Do we actually think that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think? No doubt there's many of you that are here this morning that have a testimony of what God's done in your life. I want to just say right now that we are limiting God by the way we think. If we look at this here, and this is the prayer, like I said, I'm going to be praying by the end of this year. I want you guys and me together to be believing for things that are impossible, but they are possible through Jesus Christ. In fact, I want God to be doing things that are far above what we ask or even think. What, what the biggest thing you can dream of, the, the best outcome for anything, far above what you think, is good, is God. Far above what you think is good, is God. And he will bless you more than you think. He will love you more than you know. He will look after you better than anyone else I ever know. 
because God is just so big and he wants his fullness to be dwelling in us. You just imagine that. If we could have God's fullness dwelling in us and this year we're going to walk down that path to get God's fullness as a congregation, as individuals, but together to find God working in our lives far above what we could even think. Do you know you're in for a big year? A big year of blessing? A big year of God working? A big year of reaching out to community? A big year of salvation? That's pretty good. And what we want to do is start to change our mindset because we do come to God with this idea that, that things can't change sometimes. But we're just going to pray and hope, which we have to do. Don't get me wrong, like I said, hope is essential for change. We want that hope to be built up. We're going to talk about that. How do we build our hope? But let me tell you this right now. At the start of this year, if we look at the blessings of Abraham on your life, it says you'll be blessed in this new year. You'll be blessed. Are we going to walk in that as a church? I hope so. I believe so. I believe that God wants to pour out his blessing upon us this year as a church and I will be praying that prayer over you this year. And if you want to look at the prayer in Ephesians 1, I'll be praying that as well. That's what I'll be praying over this church. I'm hoping to do it every day. I can't guarantee I will. If I say I promise, then I might break it. That would be terrible. But I'm going to be praying that over you. And I want you to start praying that as well. Because when we start to understand these things, imagine understanding the love of God. Wow. That would just be awesome in itself. Then to understand the mysteries, to understand the blessing, to walk in what he wants for us this year, that would be crazy good.